Hi, I'm Lauren Young, and I want to welcome you to Discovery Church's podcast. Discovery Church is a community of people who are seeking truth and finding purpose. We welcome you to jump over to our website online and check us out at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's jump into this week's message. We're launching a brand new series called Fight Club. Now, you might think this is a little bit unique title for a series in church, Fight Club. When I was in high school, one of the most watched programs on TV was WWF, which eventually came WWE. Now, in case my parents are listening and tuning in, they would definitely want me to say that they did not permit me to watch WWF or WWE or WWC or G or H. Whichever. They, they didn't permit it. But every now and then, I would slip away to my, my friend's house, who they would be watching it. And of course, I can't be a bad friend and be like, I can't watch this. We would watch WWE. It was during the time of like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was a Christian, right? He wrote 316 on his chest. No, I'm kidding. The Rock, the High Flying Hardy Boys. If you know those names, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember those guys jumping off the top ropes. If you don't know any of those names, consider yourself lucky because you saved a ton of time in your life that I just wasted in high school watching WWE. And, and the reality of it is, is that we've gathered around fighting as entertainment for centuries. Now, I don't, I don't say that WWE is fighting by no means. It's acting and really bad acting. And the one thing that I really don't understand about it is Speedos. Why? 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 Like, like Olympic wrestlers and MMA wrestlers don't need to wear Speedos. And here is a, a, an oversized man uh, in many aspects that, that is wearing Speedos. I mean, why, like, why? I don't need to know that much information. It's like burn. It's like, ah! It's, it's creating me nightmares. I need to fight against those images in my head. But we're doing this, this series called Fight Club. From the beginning of time, the Romans, even the Romans created these coliseums that were, that were around humans fighting. You may have grown up being the, the guy that always got in fights or the girl that got, always got in fights. You might, if you were like, recently, you might have, there might even be a YouTube hit of you like dragging another girl across the ground because that's apparently what's really cool on YouTube these days to watch fights. But if somebody came in here right now and went, fight, 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 you wouldn't, you wouldn't pay attention to me unless I'm the one saying fight, fight, fight. You would be like, what's going on? Right? And with hockey here, come on, who doesn't like a good hockey fight? Right? I have this, I have this love conviction with hockey fights. If two gentlemen were walking in West Edmonton Mall and hit shoulders by mistake and they just like threw down and started punching, punching each other in the face, the cops would show up, they would be arrested and they'd spend some time in the slammer probably. But those same two individuals strap some skates to their feet, go onto the ice, and chase a little piece of rubber around that is warmed at exact, or cooled at exactly seven degrees, and decide to throw their gloves off and start pounding people in the face, it is totally okay for them to, they just get five minutes each in a penalty box, and their team doesn't even get penalized. And the reason I say that I have this love-conviction relationship is because I think it's a little barbaric. 
But I am the first one to my feet saying, punch his face in. Give it to him. Take him down. I used to love Ty Domi. If anybody remembers the Maple Leafs and Ty Domi. So I'm, I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, this is like, this is wrong. And then on the other hand, I'm like, I'm the one that's promoting it. You got to say, we love hockey fights. And fight, fighting has been around for, for such a long time. And it's been a way that people uh, settle disputes. It's been a way of entertainment. And we might not be people that will get into fights right here today. You might, but maybe not on a Sunday, maybe on a Monday. But the reality is, is that there's a fight happening inside of us every single day, every single moment. Most of our fights not be, might not be against outward forces or fist fights against friends or, or against family. or It might not be against that, but it is, there is a fight that's raging inside of us. There's a constant fight that is trying to hold us back, that's trying to keep us down, that's trying to keep, tap us, at, that's trying to make us tap out on life. There's a fight that is trying to prevent us from living a life of purpose, a life beyond the ordinary, a life that, that is adventurous. There's a fight that in life that is trying to keep us from living a life beyond the days that we breathe. This fight that I'm talking about is a real fight. And for the next five weeks, we're going to look at five different fights that we need to step into the ring against. So many times when we talk about fighting, we either, we, lots of times we cowered away. If, honestly, in high school, if somebody came to fight me, I've never been in a fight. So don't come and fight me unless you really want a pride booster because you will win. You will win. Weston will win if we get into a fight, okay? I, I'm, I'm not a good fighter. Every time that a fight came my way, I would make so much fun of them or make them feel like so little, that's not right, um, that they would like ready to punch and then they'd be like, walk away. So I, I'm not a fighter, but you might have been. And no matter where you find yourself today, there is a fight that's, that's inside of us that we need to fight back, that we, we don't need to call it away from. We actually need to get in the ring. We need to strap on the gloves and we need to look our opponent that's in the other corner and say, you're going down. And for the next five weeks, we're going to take a look at Fight Club and we're going to look at five different fights that I believe that if we can take down, if we, if we can just muster up enough strength to, to call it for what it is and to bring it to the surface, we're going to punch it in his face and it's not only going to just going to stay down, we're going to put it in the grave. Okay? We're going to talk about the first one today just after I pray. God, we just thank you so much that we can uh, talk about fighting in church. Help me. Never remember Speedos again. God, as we jump in uh, this morning, can I just pray that winning starts now? That the fights in our lives that we're up against, that, it, that defeat, that, de, that is de, the thing that is defeating us, the thing that is making us lose sleep, the thing that is, that is holding us back from a life of purpose, can we just say, uh, can we just uh, ask you to help us fight it now and let it stay down? Because winning starts today. Amen. The first fight we want to talk about today is the fear fight. Fear is a big deal in the story of us and God. Did you know that the command, fear not, is the most repeated command in all the Bible? I don't, I'm not sure where people get these, these things, but somebody decided that they were going to go through all the Bible and, and count how many times fear not was listed. That's not me, but somebody did it. And fear not was listed 366 times in all the Bible. 
That's one fear not for every day of the year, including leap years. That's not to mention how many times it talks about do not be afraid, take courage, take heart. The command of fear not is literally saturates the Bible. It saturates the cover to cover. There's, it was really hard to read a passage of scripture without you hearing the command of don't be afraid, take courage, take heart. You got this. We keep going. It's really, really hard. And when something's in the Bible, even if it's in the Bible once, but when it's in the Bible that much, we need to be asking the question, well, why is it there? And I think the reason that fear not is there so much is because there's so many of us that are afraid. The fear not is there because a lot of us have a lot of fears. The fear fight is a fight that is trying to keep us down. Now, fear might not look like this terrorizing, shaking in your boots, I'm afraid to go outside, I'm afraid to get out of my bed kind of fear. Uh, A few nights ago, I was putting Sophie to bed, and she has this lamp on our our lights, our, our, our lamp stand, our bedside table stand, whatever you call those boxes that you put stuff on. Um, and there's like wow bring it back Uh, there's there's led lights like shaped like a heart on the bottom and there's a lamp on the top and you turn it once and the just leds come on and you turn it twice and both come on and you turn it like another time and just the top comes on and and what happened was that her, her lamp fell off and the light bulb on the top um broke so we took it out, and as we were going to get another one, Hudson was screaming or something else was going on, and we forgot to replace the light bulb in our lamp. And we went to go to bed, and Sophia turned on her light bulb, and she decided that it would be a good idea to stick her finger into the top of her lamp, which was now on. And she got the shock through her arm, and she started crying, and guess what came to her mind first? There's monsters in my lamp! Like she would not go to sleep. She was shaking in terror. I'm like, honey, there's no monsters in your lamp. I tried to no, get another light bulb. Keep those monsters in. I was like, there's no monsters and boogeyman. None of that stuff is allowed in our house. It's not allowed. Your mom and I, we we like throw all that stuff away. It's not even allowed in our neighborhood. It's not allowed in our city. It's not allowed. But she was like, no, there's boogeyman in my lamp, and we need. And I had to go get a light bulb. Fear doesn't always make you feel like that. Sometimes fear is not easily detected because it shows up as anxiety. And if, a few weeks ago, Pastor Paul talked about anxiety. And I'd encourage you, if anxiety is something that's active, you know it's active in your life, go back and listen to Pastor Paul's message from a few weeks ago. Sometimes it shows up as nervousness, worry, stress, tension, maybe even stomach problems. Now, some of your reactions already to some of these symptoms that I brought up, you're like, oh, no, no, no. That's, that's, just, that's just normal for me. I don't fear. I'm not afraid. I'm a man. I can even wear Speedos. No, it's like, but the reality of it is, sometimes the first thing we want to do is deny things in our lives. But today as a family, as Discovery Church, can we stop denying? Jesus recognized that there's, there need to be 366 times in the Bible that says fear not. That can we just recognize this morning that for many of us in this room, the many of people that we face and that we, we, we encounter every single day, 
probably in some way, shape, or form, if not battling with some sort of fear currently, has battled and will battle with fear. Because for as long as we keep denying, we'll never step into the ring. But the moment that we recognize and we we come to a grips that, hey, there might be something in my life that I need to fight against, we're we're making the first step into the ring to, to strap on the gloves and to punch fear right in his face. We don't, need, we don't need skates on to punch fear in his face. Because the thing is, fear chews away at our lives. It erodes a sense of confidence. It, it robs us from sleep and rest. Fear binds us and steals our praise. Fear diminishes God's glory in our lives. And fear, last of all, is a liar. And who tells us lies is Satan. And if we don't fight against fear, fear will keep coming up and try to rob us from living a life of purpose in the way that God intended. So we have to recognize that we're willing to get in the fight. And I think, I, I know lots of us, and I think we're, we're bold, radical, want Jesus, number one in my life people. So what I want to say today is that we're in the ring. But right before the fight starts, we need to recognize something. We need to remind ourselves of a powerful truth, is that fear might be loud, Fear will be loud. It might even look like a giant. I could sort of picture David going up against Goliath, right? That fear, fear might even look like a giant in the opposite ring, uh, corner of the ring. We might even feel like the underdog and that we don't have a chance. But the powerful truth is this, is that the fight against fear is not, one to, is, not a fear, is not a fight to be won right now. It's a fight that's already been won. And it's won by Jesus dying on the cross for us. That fear is already in the grave. And when we approach our fight knowing what the outcome is, it should give us a different sense of confidence when we step in to fight against it. Because fear says that you're too small or you're too weak, but Jesus says, I use David. I'd use David to take down Goliath. I'll use you no matter what, as long as you completely give me your life. Fear says that, that your history and your past is against you, and Jesus says that, that I, will, I will use every moment, whatever you feel like was wasted years, I can use it for my glory. Fighting is an action word. It's kind of like this, this sense of like, we got to do something. And talking about it can sort of riles up. It's like this prep rally. It's like, okay, I'm going to fight. Where's my gloves? I'm going to strap them on. I'm going to punch fear right in the face. Speedos and all. But there's nothing we can do in our humanness in our own power to help us fight against fear. It's kind of like, we're telling us, strapping the gloves, what do you... This is the antidote to fear, the solution to fear. It's faith. When fear raises its ugly head after you've pounded it down a few times, it's making your mouth say, I have confidence in God that he is bigger than this fight. So how do I get faith enough to, uh, to overcome my fears? Well, Romans 10, 17 gives us a little illustration or a little example and a way to grow our faith. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Read that again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's so many of us, and when I say us, not just like the 120 people that are in this room, 
there's so many people that are walking around every single day living in fear. And one reason is simple. It's because we're not spending time in the word of God. And about two months ago, we, we talked about the vital Bible. And again, go back to our podcast, listen to it. That God doesn't ask us to read his Bible, read the word of God, because he wants to waste our time. This is why we read our Bible. When we see and hear God in and through his word, the word allows us to hear that Jesus is enough and to see that God is bigger. That builds up our faith and our faith becomes a knockout punch to fear. See, when we hear and see Jesus, things change. And the number one way that we're going to hear God speaking to us is through his word. And we have a generation of people that are walking around that's Bible illiterate. We might be able to read faster than any other generation, but our Bibles are still dusty um, under the lamp that doesn't have a light bulb. Let's take, for example, the story found in Matthew 14. Jesus was on the edge uh, of the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. Jesus wanted to spend some time praying. So he said, hey, 12 disciples, I'm sure he said, hey, 12 disciples, um, get into the boat. I want you to row to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and I'll meet you there. And if you, if you know this story, the disciples get in the boat and they row out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And, and in a moment on the Sea of Galilee, a storm could come up. And a storm came up and there was white caps and the boat was getting tossed around. And, and, the, and the disciples were fearful. Disciples, the, the disciples were, were fearing for their lives and there's waves crashing in. And, and all of a sudden then something else made them more fearful. They seen this figure walking towards them and they were like, it's a ghost, it's a ghost walking on the water. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And in that moment, Moment, Jesus, there was Jesus walking on the water. You might have heard that term before. Uh, somebody walking on the water. Jesus walking on the water said, Don't be afraid. And Peter, as an audacity, Peter says, Well, Master, if it's really you, tell me to come. Peter hears and sees. And he has a faith to step out onto his fear. And what just a few minutes ago it had him shaking in his boots, wondering if his life was going to crumble, now becomes a platform that he is walking on for one of the greatest moments of his life as he's walking to Jesus. And what happens is that we can be fearful, but we can recognize our fear, but we don't have to allow our fear to hold us back. We get in the ring and we put it in its place because guess what? The fear that we walk on will be the platform that God will use to show his glory. you're like, man, I know the story. I've read my Bible. Peter walks towards Jesus and, 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 and he starts to sink because he loses faith. And Jesus says to him, oh, ye of little faith. And Jesus got to save him. And you're kind of like, oh, Peter, you're kind of like, I know the story, Lauren, but what do you got to say about that? Here's the thing. When we step out on our fears, when we step out and decide to say, God, I'm, take, I'm, I'm, I'm living in purpose. I'm living in, in, in complete devotion to you. I don't care what my fears say. I'm going for it. There's going, to be, there's going to be instances where you feel like life is still caving in around you. You're going to feel like you're sinking. But in that split moment, guess who's there to hold his hand? When you step out in your fears, I promise you that Jesus will be way closer to you than you ever thought possible. Jesus, or Peter said, Master, Master, save me. And I, I kind of picture like him like literally transcending from that location to here and being like, bam, here's, he's got him. 
It's not going to let you sink. Because the thing is, the battle is already won. He's already won the battle against your fear. So how do we continue to fight against fear? Read your Bible is one. But I want to give you a, a, a three punches. You kind of hear about like the one, two, three punch. We're going to do three punches. I'm going to just do them quickly. If you're taking notes, these are probably some things you want to run right down, right down because these are some practical things you can put in place to combat, to push back, to punch, to put fear in his grave. One is remind ourselves that God is able It might take some time to keep fear down. Fear can instantly fall off. Anxiety can be gone just like that. Different issues can be gone just like that. But so many more times God wants to work in the process. And we talk about we value process at Discovery Church because we see God working in our lives. And fear might raise his head again. But guess what? God is able. God is able. And we can punch and when we start feeling that fear, we continue to remind ourselves that God is able. Number two, second punch, is that we name what's keeping us fearful. There's something that keeps us awake at night, that keeps us anxious, that makes us nervous. Don't just be like, God, I'm nervous today. God, I'm anxious. God, I can't sleep. What is it? Name it. Because the way Satan works is that if you don't name it, he'll be like, oh, well, you didn't really mean that part of your life. You didn't really mean that you wanted help there. You just wanted help over here. And so name it. If you're three months behind on your mortgage and you're about to lose your house and you need $1,886 to, to make, your, make a mortgage payment, God, I'm anxious. I cannot sleep because I need this money because my family will be out on the street. I've been out of work for this long. Name it. Maybe you have a daughter that's just turned 18 and you don't, you, don't have, you don't have necessarily control as a parent over her anymore and you really don't like the boy that she's driving around with or traveling around the country or around the world or around the city with and you're anxious and you can't sleep. Claim it and name it and, and, and just be like, God, I cannot sleep. I'm anxious about that boy and just release it. This is what uh, I've been reading a Bible, uh, reading a Bible, reading a book and this is what this, the author says is Louis Giglio It says, once we identify the culprit and admit that our unrest is tied to the person, to this person or circumstance, we can offload those cares to God. We can figuratively place them in our heavenly father's hands and we can trust them to do his sovereign, uh, them, we can trust, we can, and we can trust them to his sovereign care. We don't minimize the situation but we maximize our view of the one who can control everything and who we can totally trust. We don't simply deny the problem. We, are, uh, we, we, don't, we don't simply deny the problem that we are threatened by. We reallocate it to the hands of the one who can manage it all. And we leave it there as we close our eyes to sleep. The third and final right hook 
is that we need to fill our mouths with praise. That worship and worry cannot occupy the same space. Worship and worry cannot fill, fill our mouths at the same time. So when you start to worry, when you start to have fear, why not saying, God, I'm going to worship you anyway. I mean, you start giving praise to God because you know what? Worship and worry, one will push out the other. And let's let what we can do, the punching, that the number three right hook, let's allow our worship to push out the worry in our lives because it cannot occupy the same space. So what are you fearful of today? 366 times in the Bible, it's one fear not. Somebody needs to hear fear not today. Somebody needs to hear fear not tomorrow. Somebody needs to hear fear not the day after the day, the day after that day and the day after the next. Fear will keep us down. It will keep us living from living a life of purpose. Maybe you're here today and you're fearful that if you come back to Discovery Church or you're fearful that the making a decision to say, God, I don't have this all under control. You're, you're fearful to give control, of your, over, uh, for, give control of your life over to God. And you've never made that decision to say, God, I just, I just want to follow you. You've never made that decision. And it's fearful. It's keeping you bound. It's keeping you tied up. And, and, and you just need to say today, I'm coming back, God, or I'm giving my life to you. If that's you, in a moment, we're just going to have an opportunity for you to do that. But maybe you're also here and you've made that decision before, but you're still living in fear. It's time for us to strap on the gloves, get in a ring, know the outcome, fill our mouths with praise, know that God is able, and to name it, to call it out. Say, God, I'm not going to let this hold me down anymore. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? I'd like to give the opportunity for people to respond. Maybe you're here today and uh, you want to respond to that. Maybe you've been holding back in that fear of giving your life to Christ. You're not sure how it will all shape out. But I promise you that even in the middle of your fears, Jesus will be so close to reach out his hand, lift you up. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus this morning, never never made a decision to follow Jesus before, this morning I'd like to give you that opportunity. I'd just ask you maybe to just raise your hand where you're at. And then we, I can just recognize it and pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you'd like to do that, raise your hand now. Just another moment. Maybe you're here and uh, you've made that decision, but you still feel anxious. You still feel nervous on a regular basis. You're losing sleep. You have stomach problems. And you can, as I was saying some of the issues, you're identifying what causes you to live in fear. If there's something that you can name this morning, as you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, but as you raise your hand, can you say in your mind, can you speak it out? God, it's finances. God, it's my marriage. God, it's my health. God, it's our, our, our world. What's causing you to lose sleep? What's causing you to create nervousness and to, to live in this anxiety in your life? Let's call it out. If you're here and there's something in your life, as you, as you raise up your hand, would you just speak it out and then I want to pray with you. Why don't you go for it now? If there's anyone that lives in fear. Yeah. 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 Hands going up all over the place. Yeah. Once you put them up, you can put them back down. Yeah. 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 
another 10, 15 seconds. Just raise up your hand if you're here. Yeah. 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 God, in this very moment, I pray that we'll strap on our gloves and know that the fight that we're against has already been won. Every now and then, fear will raise its ugly head. But God, you have already won the battle. You've already taken down fear. It's God, for those individuals that have given their lives to Christ today, those individuals that rose their hands as well to just say, God, there's fear in my life, and I, I, just, I just want to release it to you. God, I pray that you would just come in, and you would make new, and you would give us the confidence to know that even though we might feel like the underdog, that in you all things are possible. In your name. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's podcast. Feel free to like or share it on social media. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes to be sure to never miss a recording. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please share your story with us by sending us an email at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca. Have a fantastic week.